1: What's up everybody? It's Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily here once again for the Wednesday Night Delight episode. And of course, I am being flanked. Louis Dangor, out of the door. Scram! pray hit the bricks. It's SB3, straight here from True Hill He. How are you, my brother?
2: I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? I, I feel I feel like I'm I'm with a legend right now, sir.
1: <laughs> but yeah, just just because I've actually exchanged words with The Undertaker. You got it? the
2: rub. You got the rub. He made you famous.
1: Yeah, I wish. I wish he did. I mean, I don't know, actually, do I? That didn't work out so well for some of those guys. Um, no, nah, man, that was amazing. Yeah, I'd, um, for those who don't know, I, I was. Uh, I had the pleasure of speaking to The Undertaker on a conference call today ahead of his um, final appearance, I say with inverted commas, because I doubt that it is, um, at Survivor Series in, in a few weeks. So that can't drop. Until the 20th, Um, so that's a week Friday, that's embargoed until, but it was a great chat, man, Um, I wish I'd had longer, it was only like a couple of questions, but um, we dug into some matches that he hasn't really spoken about in his career, namely the ladder match with Jeff Hardy that is an absolute favourite of mine, and he gave me some really cool tidbits on it that I won't spoil, um, but it is awesome, so you can look forward to that, guys, some cool stuff coming with Taker, he was in good form Today, uh, that brings us back to today. Um, one thing that has been on absolute fire lately is the Super Chats. Uh, SP3 knows he lurks in the comments. Um, you guys coming in with the great hot takes and the opinions. Uh, and of course, just chucking in some hot fire as and when you please. Uh, any amount we will read out, that is awesome. Can't wait. Um, so thank you for joining us. And of course, Mania goes down at 9pm today. The six hack Challenge where the the odds are stacked against uh, Sean Ross SAP with the Quizzlemania title. Uh, let me tell you something; it reminds me, sb three, of when the odds were stacked against Kurt Angle in Hell in a Cell,
2: and he retained. He pulled it out. He pulled he it out. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going. I'm going for a Queen of the Ring to to get her get her crown back. The first ever female Quizzlemania champion. I sat next to her at All In in Chicago, so we. She has she has the New York New Yorker on her side. New Yorks, so we ride together.
1: But yeah, no, no, no doubt. And, of course, Tempest comes from behind the curtain, the fact-checking curtain, and is now in the hot seat. So good luck to uh, to good old Tempest, who, of course, is a regular on this show in the comments too. Uh, of course, as I always like to mention, please share and subscribe to Wrestle 2. And you can catch up with us on podcasts with Spotify, Apple, Acast, and all of the good, the bad, and the ugly SP3. So... Uh, That brings us to our first bit of news today. As the title would suggest, it's a bit AEW heavy. Uh, What did we learn about AEW games last night, SP3?
2: Well, we learned that they're coming out with three video games. One is going to be for your current and next-gen consoles. It's going to be based off of uh, the developer for WWF No Mercy, which is, in my opinion, the greatest wrestling video game of all time. Yes, the the gold of them all. They're also going to come out with Elite General Manager, which I found hilarious that AEW beat WWE from bringing back the GM mode, which was my favorite mode from the SmackDown versus Raw series. Uh, that's going to be a mobile game. Uh, we also found out that they're going to have another uh, app-type game. with It's called Casino Double or Nothing. And they're coming out with the first-ever T-shirt with a head hole and two sleeves. Amazing stuff amazing stuff. I will say I really enjoyed the Steve Jobs uh, parody by uh, AEW. Some people were turned off by it, but I enjoyed it. Uh, that was the, the good part for me. The the council game, I, I, I'm happy that it's in development, because it, it, it needs some more development.
1: I will say <laughs> um, Kenny Omega looked like his chest was like stitched together, um, but... Having said that, you know, as a disclaimer, said at the beginning of the thing, right? It it is in the early stages of development. It's for next year. It's probably going to be on the next gen console. So you can imagine business will pick up and it will, you know, be looking great. Um, a shock that WWE have never brought back the GM, despite Xavier Woods <laughs> making a living out of it. Basically, um, you know, crazy that they've managed to to leave that by the wayside for a while. Um, but in in terms of the announcement i think it's cool that you know that they're making these strides They're not even 2 years old as a company it's pretty pretty amazing to think that uh, i thought omega as steve jobs was actually like he looks super comfortable did he not
2: he really did. Like he had the tone and everything, the the walk around, the little pointing with the with the remote. He was just he was just owning the whole thing. It got it went a little bit over the top with everybody coming out and doing it. But yeah, like Omega by himself was just owning in that Steve Jobs mode. But I'm really excited for for what's to come because Young's was my childhood, my favorite uh, video games, like I said, was WWF No Mercy. Before that, WWF WrestleMania 2000. Before that, WCW, NWO Revenge. Revenge! The, the most underrated video ga- wrestling video game of all time. When you had AKI Man and everybody yeah. else in that, that was one of uh, the yeah. best rosters ever. So I'm very excited for them to be teaming up with AEW.
1: Yeah, I loved um, NWO Revenge, like that. That and No Mercy in WrestleMania. it just reminds me of like when you're about to hit your finish, and it's like, you've got to get going on the on the N64 pad. Yeah, man, that was crazy. I, I loved it back then. Listen, we got um, a, a comment here that I feel like I have to read out. Chris Duncan says, "Should maybe get sv three on WrestleMania." Now I know my guy has been campaigning for it, right?
2: I, I have been like I, I've been on your talk show on uh, talk wrestling and I and I won the quiz there. I won the quiz with some of the hardest questions I've heard when when you asked me what's the dummy for uh, the Legion of Doom from from SummerSlam 1992 and I pulled out <laughs> Rocco out of my but out of my behind so you yeah. know I, I I'm pretty good at the quizzes so call me Adam call me
1: mm. if, if if like the talk wrestling quiz is maybe the the minor leagues then you know you're ready for the call-up, man. You're ready for the main di- the main go. Uh, we've got a few super chats that have come into us early doors. Uh, we'll go with CM Chris first. Good friend of the show. How are you, brother? Love nice. this. I always love the Street Fighter. Um, Abby. um, AEW games was hilarious. Hashtag Steve Omega. Also, can't wait to see what Dynamite is like tonight after what happened with Full Gear. Couldn't agree more, CM Chris. Um, they've set themselves up for multiple directions. I'm super super intrigued by hangman and his direction but also the just the the way it's going to play out with mjf in the inner circle i think has got my attention the most um those two stories for me are you know that they, they are what AEW have have built to a really strong level um and i'm just really intrigued to see where they go and also tony khan is teasing a surprise sp3
2: Yes. I got the the tweet right here. And I quote from Tony Khan. He says tonight we have a great lineup for AEW dynamite live on TNT at 8 PM. Eastern time for the rest of 2020. AEW will keep delivering great matches on Wednesday nights. Plus there are massive surprises ahead. Please join us on TNT tonight. The balance of power in wrestling will shift tonight. I, I, I I know we were talking about it before we went on camera, but it's a very Dixie Carter like tweet.
1: <laughs> Dixie. And nobody wants to be Dixie Carter esque, but there it is.
2: I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think I think Tony has a pretty good track record. Uh, we've had big debuts on uh dynamites after pay-per-views i think uh, after all out was when miro debuted after double or nothing this year that was when ftr debuted in aew so they have a good track record for the aews after pay-per-views in 2020 so let's see what's in store for us tonight on dynamite i'm ready for phoenix versus pentagon for sure though
1: yeah man let's get that i'm glad to hear that phoenix is back so soon because you know when you hear Nick, you always think oh but Good to see that the guy's back and ready to have another hellacious match. Um, but I will say for AW, obviously, a lot of people are thinking Sting. Uh, don't know about that. Um, you know, but there's a lot of different directions AW can go in. And like I said, Tony Khan, I said this before we came on here. I feel like Tony Khan um, has been a good owner thus far, man. He's delivered. Um, he's, he's done well in his position. So we'll have to see what is going on with that one. Uh, oh, CM Chris corrects me. Streets of Rage or Street Fighter. Streets of Rage is a great game, by the way. You is. just you know just picking up poles and stuff and <laughs> walking you have to walk along just horizontally yeah. battering battering people it's great um I did, I thought I thought that was Ryu no from Street Fire. Oh, maybe I've even got that name wrong you know where I'm coming from they look alike. Yeah. come yeah, on yeah they are. Come is, on, right
2: man. right I think I think they have the red bandana though that's the difference there it is
1: right yeah cuz what was it like Ken and Ryu were they like yes. the two they were like the two when they, they were like yeah okay
2: the brothers yeah
1: <laughs> enough, enough from me on that, on my my Sega nostalgia. Um So moving on to the next super chat. Benny boy, how you doing, my friend? Um First time watching this live. Welcome. Uh, Quizamania pre-drinks, LOL. Hot take. I think Bianca Belair is
2: overrated. That's the second time during, during one <laughs> of my Wrestling Daily episodes that this has been said.
1: They wait for you you to come on. She's got potential, but not great currently, in my opinion. Uh, Benny Boy, I mean, I think I've made it quite clear that I think there's a massive ceiling for Bianca Belair. Um, Is she polished yet? No, you probably have a a point to to a degree on that one. Um, You know, she's obviously got to refine her in-ring skills and... uh, in terms of a story that's being told, she hasn't had many um, like long-term storylines to sink her teeth into yet, especially on the main roster, right? But um, and as far as raw talent ability goes, and just like the superstar look, aura and presence, she's got it. Has she not?
2: I, I totally agree with you. Like there, I think you can h- count them on one hand in the world how many females can pull out a four fifty. And she yeah. can. Her skill in the ring, she hasn't really get, been able to show it on the main roster. Like she, she's barely been on TV two weeks in a row on the main roster. So if you are just focusing on her main roster run uh, since WrestleMania 36, I understand where you're coming from with saying like you, she has potential, but she isn't great currently because really she hasn't gotten the chance. But if you saw her in NXT and saw her grow from that first May Young Classic all the way until her call up. You know that she's improved so much, and there's so much for her to improve on in the future.
1: Yeah, like to me, it's just super exciting the idea of her and Sasha down the line, and you know other matchups like that. She, you you speak to any women in WWE, and they will tell you like Bianca Blair is the truth. Charlotte Flair has told it to me like two or three times that she really thinks that she's the future of the business. So, um, a bit like we take Daniel Bryan's word, um, you know, uh, for. For solid gold then i'm gonna take charlotte Flair's when it comes to potential in wwe um moving along we've got a bit of news to jump into i know that we kind of touched on aew and what they've done with the gamings and whatnot um but wwe do have some news too and tribute to the troops is returning sp3
2: yes uh it's i think they what did they have one last year I think so. But I, I I love the tribute to the troops. It's a nice, you know, it's a nice event to kind of mix in in between the major events like TLC and Royal Rumble comes usually at the end of the year. My favorites were like the early ones when they actually went to Afghanistan. And, you know, the first time John Cena, one of the first time John Cena uh, gave... Big Show, the FU, I remember was on that, uh, Tribute to the Troops, and then Stone Cold coming out and stunnering John Cena. The only interaction we ever got between those two was at a Tribute to the Troops. So there's been memorable moments at Tribute to the Troops, so I'm glad to see it come back this year.
1: I believe they've had 18 in a row. They, they That's what they said in the press release anyway, 18th annual, so I'm assuming they haven't taken any breaks. Um, obviously, that was a JBL brainchild, if I'm led to believe. Um, yeah. I think it was his idea to Vincent Mann, who obviously loved it. So, yeah, it's cool. It's going to be in the Thunderdome, and they're going to have some families in there. You know, it's going to be cool. It's going to be a nice little thing for them to get going. Uh, also, with WWE, speaking of things that are returning, the Bellas, apparently, um, Nikki and Brie Bella are, you know, they are wanting a return to WWE because they want to get into the women's tag title picture. Um, they were talking about this on a some kind of you, you'll know better than I, SP3, some kind of talk show in America. Mario Lopez yeah. was there. I know that much, right? Um, AC Slater himself was was talking to the Bellas. And, um, and yeah, and I believe it was uh, Bree who said they really wanted to make the comeback.
2: Yes, they they want to make a run for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships, which I I like that. If that's what they're they're coming back for, that's like one of the names that when the uh, WWE Women's Tag Team titles were first created, I was like, man this is the one team that I wish was around right now because it's like they waited years for for this to be brought in. Like they could have done so much with the Bella Twins as women's tag team champions years ago when they were in their prime, but it would be fun for them to come back now. I, I mean, WWE hasn't done the best job in creating women's tag teams lately, especially with Breaking up the golden role models, Kyrie Singh going back to Japan, which broke up the Kabuki Warriors. But Shayna and Nia have done a pretty good job as the Team Hell No of the women's division, uh, <laughs> as the the feuding partners. So I think that would be kind of a cool matchup with the with the Bella Twins. I, I I'm always in the middle though with the Bella Twins. I'm a huge Nikki Bella fan. I think Nikki Bella is one of the most underrated female heels of the last decade in WWE. But Brie Bella, I saw her after, you know, her first pregnancy and, you know, God bless her being a mother, you know, accomplishing so much out of the ring. But her return the last time did not leave me with a good impression to be all gun ho about another return for her.
1: Yeah, um, when it comes to the Bellas, so I'm on the same thing and I've, I've been scolded on Twitter for saying as much, but I think. Uh, Nikki Bella was terribly underappreciated for her run as champion. She grew exponentially as the champion while she had it. She got so much better. Um, unfortunately, like you said, their last run, mostly because of Brie in ring work, was horrible. You know, the suicide dives, she had two or three of them that were botched and really dangerous. The kick to live Morgan, none of us have forgotten. So it's like, yes, the, the idea of the Bellas coming back and, it's it's a, it's cool to me, um, but you, you want the work to be there too. You know what I mean. And I think as long as the balance is there and everything's done well, cool. No, I'm I'm up for it. I, I'm I'll be happy to see them return. But I don't think we can just sweep under the rug um, the performances last time around because they just weren't good enough. So let's hope that they could come back though and and, and wash that memory away. I'd love nothing more than for them to come back and. And prove us all wrong there. Um, let's take some more super chats here. Hot takes come flying yeah, in, bring them in, show. bring them in. Uh, Tyler Woodward, another good friend of the show with Tyler Finn Ballarads, nonetheless. Um, hot take, I think Gable has a ceiling, and that ceiling is a mid card title run. Would love to, uh, would love him as a world champ, but you know what WWE is like. Three week push, I, you see, I, I'm paraphrasing here because there is grammatically errors, Tyler, but I will forgive you because I appreciate you dropping that into us. Um it's hard to argue. Um I I could see I could see him as like a main event wrestling and putting on great matches with people. Do I see him standing atop of the company? Uh, it's, it's important to differentiate like what I see and like a talent level and then what my mind is conditioned to see because I know what WWE likes. Does that make sense? Right? Yeah.
2: I call it. I call it. Put it. Put it on your Vince hat. Like yeah. you can. You see things. You see talent in a different light because you know we're wrestling fans. You're, we're both journalists. Uh we we can see it from that perspective, but we also have to. We've been longtime WWE fans. We have to see things from Vince McMahon's eyes and how Vince Man sees him. He's short. He's small. He doesn't have the great mic skills. He he's not Kurt Angle to him. So. I think he has the talent to potentially, you know, he can reach maybe a certain level of Kurt Angle of Kurt Angle's career, not the not the apex of Kurt Angle, but somewhere somewhere along those lines, but Vissick man, I don't see seeing <laughs> Chad Gable as that. I think I think this is a on point hot take of mid-card title run is his ceiling.
1: I think um when you look at guys like Chad Gable and often the way guys really get over is just great work. The fans gravitate to people that are amazing workers and height doesn't really define that. And that's why people like Daniel Bryan and CM Punk and many more have become undeniable per se. Like you said, Vince McMahon's lens, they're the only ones that matters whether we like it or not. Like even the people around him, really it's only if Vince thinks that this person will make him money. Does he really care to push them? Um, uh, just history tells us, really, Chad Gable is maybe not his cup of tea. If he'd been literally six foot, doesn't even have to be, you know, a foot taller, but let's just say he was six foot, it would make the world a difference. But, you know, what is he, five, seven, something like that, around that mark? And yeah. don't get me wrong, the guy's in amazing shape, sure, but like, I don't know, I think to Vince, height matters. And, and there's plenty of times where I look at Vince and I think, how have you come to that conclusion? Or WWE, like, you know, I, I still look at Rusev Day and I don't quite know how they dropped the ball as bad as they did. Like, like, I was at WrestleMania 34 and I can tell you personally, nobody was more over than Rusev Day. Nothing. Yeah. Like, everywhere in the city, that's all people were chanting, the loudest pop in the arena, everything was for Rusev. And I still don't know how they fumbled it as bad as they did. Same thing with um, years prior. I always felt like the time was there for Cody Rhodes. They had like two or three different times where Cody could have gone up into the main event where coming out of legacy was one of them. Um, yeah. I think he had, uh, he had another one when he should have won the money in the bank, but Sandow won it. Um, and I think he was told two years in a row he was going to win it. Well, I know he was because he told me. And then he didn't uh, on the day, both days, they told him, no, we've changed it. Like, you can forgive him for maybe being a bit bitter sometimes. So um, WWE, at the end of the day, like you said, it's one man who thinks, you know, and what he thinks. And then I think I get it why sometimes people are like, you know, Vince is out of touch. You hear that one, right? And I still think the man's a genius and he's made the landscape that we see today, but you can understand sometimes they're like, you know, does a 75 year old man know exactly, you know, this is the same guy that thought the new day would be the biggest baby faces in the world coming out as like church preaching positivity like that's he
2: he doesn't have his pulse on the WWE fan of today he is by by far the one of the biggest genius in in business He's, I call him the GOAT businessman. When it comes to business moves outside the ring, in the ring, you know, he's not 100%, but (laughs) XFL. Uh, But (laughs) he does have a great track record when it comes to making business decisions and one of the greatest minds in professional wrestling history. But as of right now, that's why he has people like Triple H by his side, Brian James, Bruce Prichard, for, for better or worse, uh, with Bruce, in my opinion. But, you know, he has people by his side to kind of have their their finger on the pulse of the professional wrestling fan. But for him, I don't think he's there at 70-something years old. It's not there anymore.
1: Uh, Uptown Avedel says they waited too long to pull the trigger for Strowman too. I bring that comment up because I agree very much so. Coming out of of the, I'm not done with you, feud with Roman, um, that should have been when Strowman was the champ. That was what, you know, 2017, 18-ish. You know, they waited too long to give him his first run, in my opinion. You know, there was a time where he was just getting like the Austin treatment Obviously not. But you know what I mean in terms of they had something for him every week on Raw where he was causing destruction, doing something cool and fun. Um, and that's kind of just dissipated with time, unfortunately. So I think um, for all the all the flack that he gets, and I don't think he's helped himself with saying that he, he had a great run, um, but for all the flack that he gets, I, I do think Strowman did deserve it at one point. And he, the, the guy has put on great matches down the years with certain opponents.
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today.
1: Um, Hot take from Johnny Morocco. That's a great name. Uh, Hot take. The Flair Savage match at Mania 8 is the best match at any Mania until WrestleMania 17. Wow. Keep, Keep up the excellent work, guys. Johnny, we thank you, brother. Um... That is a hot take, man. There's so that much is. so much to dive into. Um, I mean, first of all, I think I said this the other day, I do think WrestleMania 17 is the best mania ever. And yes, you'd probably be right in thinking that either Austin Rock, uh, although, you know, the finish leaves a lot to be desired, uh, TLC and, and things of that nature, definitely, definitely stole the show. There's so, you know, you, you've left like 16 WrestleManias. Like the first one that comes to mind uh Owen and Brett is an amazing opener. Um Steamboat Savage is a classic.
2: Razor uh, Sean from that same uh Owen Brett. Yeah, I mean, ten, yeah.
1: WrestleMania 10, right. Yeah, Madison Square Garden. That's right. Like um, it, it, you know, Austin and Brett.
2: That 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 was my that's one of my I, I say Sean and, and Taker from WrestleMania 25 and Austin and Brett from 13 are the two greatest wrestlemania matches in my opinion mm-hmm. i i think that wrestlemania 8 overall is very underrated for for that match is probably like at the centerpiece it's so i i that was the the feud that made me a professional wrestling fan i think i was mm-hmm. like three four years old at the time and i hated rick flair for the original case of photoshop with photoshopping those pictures of him and miss elizabeth how I dare mean, you Rick? how dare you how dare you i was such a big macho man fan macho man made me a professional wrestling fan and that feud i remember so much holding it in high esteem but to say that it's the best wrestlemania match before wrestlemania 17 i think austin and brett is number one brett versus owen brett was kind of on the low, uh, Mr. WrestleMania with some of his classics that he had in that run, so I, I think it's in the top 10. Maybe
1: we, we've discussed this before about Brett and um, his either SummerSlam or WrestleMania antics. Terribly, terribly, uh, I was about to say, terribly underrated. He's like, we all know Brett's great, but I mean, I don't think he's as celebrated as some. That's probably the best way to put it. Uh, also, Mod Mother Lady Lou reminds us today's co host is SP3 from True Hill Heat, and you can find him on youtube at this link so please guys do check out his good stuff i've been on the show a couple of times one of the, my favorite shows to go on uh we've got a couple of super chats here uh, by the way that was johnny morocco that was a great one that's yeah, that's right. cool to so open that up a bit like oh i mean um because flair savage is great you've got every right to make that claim uh matty says and it's floyd <laughs> matty the hot Scott says alex is uh asking alex co-host do your best best in the world impression now sp3 did you see Louis's awful impression last night Yes.
2: Yes, right. I did. And I have
1: every faith you won't do worse than that.
2: I I, I don't know how I'm gonna do this because I, I, I I'm g- probably gonna get yelled at by my by my wife uh for waking <laughs> up my twins <laughs> who I'm are probably up. taking a nap right now. <laughs> but I'll I'll try my best. All right, hang on. Oh, you you do
1: it. I need to get my charger. Go for it.
2: All right. The best in the world. Shane
0: McMahon.
2: Yes, <laughs> for you, Maddie. You pay good money. You, you, you put you put impressions in super chats. I will do them. If you check out True Hill Heat YouTube channel, I just dropped mm. a video today where I did a great Goldust impersonation. That the the promo started <laughs> off. Yes, and the promo started off like this. He's talking to Vince McMahon, and he's like, "Mr. Television Announcer Man." is that a microphone in your pocket? Or are you just happy to see me? Yes, I do. I do good impressions. So uh, I've I'm, I'm anyway. got to say,
1: I felt like your, um, <laughs> I felt like your beginning of that was really good. And then when you got to Shane, you punch Shane too much. You went Shane, like it should have been, just, you know, yeah, I'm just, I'm being hypercritical. That's what I do, all right? Hey, um, <laughs> uh, So Bo Hill is back with another hot take. We love Bo on this show. Hot take. The women's revolution in WWE was started by one person, AJ Lee. Now, Bo, I'm going to tell you why you're right and you're wrong. It's not by one woman. You can't say that. Um, There are many women that um, contributed in many different ways to kickstart the women's revolution and build it to the point where it could be then taken to the next level. Um, Was AJ Lee the spark that actually made it happen? You could argue that, yes. You could say that her starting the hashtag um, and indeed her great work, like to me, she's one of the best bridge of the generation, you know, from like Divas to where we are now. AJ Lee is the perfect bridge because she was just a bit of everything. I, I, you know, she was amazingly talented for my money. Um, you know, makes me gutted that her career wasn't longer than it was. But um, I don't think you can say one woman, sb
2: 3 I think AJ Lee is the was the best character, uh, female character to come in WWE since the era of Mickey, Trish, and Lita. Like her character just had fans gravitate to it. They put her in a very Prominent position with her storyline with Daniel Bryan, Kane, and CM Punk becoming the general manager. The heel turn on John Cena. Just she was just one of the, probably the most interesting character, male or female, at a certain time, like 2012, 2013. So I definitely understand the argument, but it was a whole big thing. I think that like like Alex said, she was the spark. But in my opinion, um, the Emma and Paige feud from NXT. That made me uh, start following NXT. That feud and the feud between Sami Zayn and Cesaro was when I was like, oh, I should pay attention to what's going on in NXT because that's all I heard. And the matches that they had really elevated the the women's division in NXT. And then that crossed over to the main roster with Paige coming through and then the four horse woman kind of elevating it to another level. I think that all these women altogether deserve a lot more credit than they than they do get. I feel like the the four horse women get a lot of credit, but there was a couple of ladies before them that don't get enough.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with that as well SP3. Um look, listen, there's there's a there's a conveyor belt of women that have done amazing things in WWE and like every one of them are honestly um you know like we were talking about the bellas earlier. Sometimes yeah. people don't get the credit that they're due. And we look at the amazing, amazing talent that we have now. And it is amazing, right? Like, I've never – there was a time where I couldn't have thought that women's wrestling was going to be at this level, honestly. Like, you know, n- maybe even 10 years ago, right? Yeah. Um, and now to see where we are is phenomenal. But I, I honestly think that everybody has kind of, um, you know, laid a brick in the foundations, as it were. So, uh, <laughs> Benny Boy says, surely S3 has to do Timmel now. Benny Boy, why? Boy- <laughs> Are you trying to get him in trouble with his missus?
2: They really do. I have I have eight-month-old twins, everyone. Like, you want me to t- scream at the top of the lungs? I'm, I'm lucky I haven't got a text yet. Like, why weren't you just screaming? <laughs> <laughs> the rated R superstar. That, that's all I got. <laughs> the way
1: that tailed off,
2: star. <laughs>
1: uh... Yeah, I hear you, man. Um, listen, we've got some other super chats. I mean, that, to be fair, that's a that's a fine chimble to get on the cuff, I think. Uh Arif, again, another returner. How are you, brother? Um, as trash as the 24-7 title is, it saves people's jobs. Kind of right. I mean, it, it keeps some people busy that wouldn't be busy otherwise. So um I do think it's kind of lost a little bit of its original luster, but there's only so much they can do within an arena. So um I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm you know, not going to hold them too accountable for that, I don't think, SB3, 3 Because I thought when they were doing stuff on the golf courses and then airplanes, it was relatively fun.
2: That was that was so much fun. It made you interested in social media for WWE, which is something that sometimes I don't pay attention to enough. But the stuff that they did with R-Truth, Drake Maverick, Jinder Mahal, that was kind of the apex of the 24-7 title for me. The, yeah. the Truth-Drake Maverick feud. It's just so much comedy in there and some of the best moments from last year.
1: Um, I'm just going to read this one out. The sports illustrated article on Brett in the screw was just disgraceful from Elliot Fletcher. My advice to anyone is to not read it. Cause it is absolute trash. Um, I literally read the first like three paragraphs and I was like, I, I wanted, I wanted to click off cause it was that bad. Um, the, the opening paragraph especially is horrendous. um, what else have we got going down here? We've got another super chat as well. And it comes in from Matthew McCoskey. And he says, hello, friends. Hi, Maddie. Um, I have crazy not takes. Okay, that's that's interesting wording. And things to share. But I want Stephanie to see them also. Uh, but I don't want to spend a bunch of money. We'll conserve your money, brother. You've already spent $5 there. That's fine. Steph's on here tomorrow. I appreciate you, though. Let's go. Cool. Yeah, letting us know you're in the wings. SP3's not worth your money. I get it. I get it. I wouldn't wanna I wouldn't want to take it any other way, Matt. It's fine. It is fine, my friend. Listen, one thing I did um say yesterday was that sp3 and i we're going to have a mild debate it seems that everyone enjoyed last week when we got into it over drew and kenny so this week's version is something that uh sp3 picked up on when we were talking about it on another show and that is really the debate between who is more influential on the landscape of wrestling is it the elite or is it been the shield sp3 is going to make a case for the elite
2: yes because I, I i did my research and influential means influence on someone or something. So this is clearly the elite by a landslide. I no. mean, I'm just saying. No. Like, come on, come on, come on. First of all, let's just go back to the all-in event. Like Dave, uh, Dave Meltzer said it. a whole bunch of people said that if you're not in the WWE, you're not going to sell out a 10,000-seat arena. The power of the elite, the power of Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks sold out a 10,000-seat arena. I was there live, over 11,000 in attendance. And from there, it sparked All Elite Wrestling. All Elite Wrestling creating its own promotion, the first big-time alternative to WWE in North America. There's been places like New Japan, which the elite had an impact and were influential there. And, and been... um,
1: just, just to interject, New Japan has done really well to grow in the past yes. three years globally. But, yeah, please
2: yes. continue. Uh, there's been Ring of Honor, which, you know, I, I was I was been a Ring of Honor fan when it was a very small independent. And it's grown. It's grown since then. It's not as grown as, you know, New Japan or AEW, but they had growth there. And a lot of that was also due to the elite. But All Elite Wrestling has had an impact and influence on professional wrestling as a whole. It's made Wednesday nights the most popular and critically acclaimed night in professional wrestling. It's created jobs for so many different professional wrestlers and allowed them to have an income in this business. And it's actually influenced the WWE and how much they pay their performers because they don't want them to go to AEW. That's, that's been, it's had an influence across the board on that's, professional wrestling. That's the one sh- side
1: of it. The, the TV deals are the bigger side of it,
2: but. Yeah. Also true. The TV deals is also, also into it. But a lot of that was also due to a, to AEW and the Elite by, by connection. Yes.
1: Yes. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> I, 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 we will, <laughs> <laughs> we will circle around to this. You, you <laughs> think, you think Fox pay WWE what they do because of all Elite.
2: No, I'm t- I'm strictly talking about the contracts with the with the with the performers. Oh, I sorry, that, I misunderstood what you said. Then I yeah, thought you. Yeah. Were, okay, my bad. No, no, my no, bad. no, no. I know, Hands I know, up. I know. Fox Fox gave them before all Elite Wrestling was an idea, a pie in the sky. Fox was giving WWE their money. I understand all of that, but the Elite across the board has influenced professional wrestling. Where is the Shield? Have had an influence on WWE but I don't see their impact across professional wrestling. You can see, make the point that John Moxley has become a star outside of the WWE umbrella, and that's one point to make. But I can't say that they have been more influential than what the elite has accomplished. It also goes to T-shirt sales, to the business, how the business, how that. Uh, equates to you being the draw your t-shirt sales a lot of that is due to the elite with the young bucks what they did with PW PWTs uh, what Kenny Omega has done with and then their their impact with the bullet club overall as well so it's a whole big thing I think that it's elite by a landslide but I know Alex is the best person to argue against this
1: <laughs> this is another one of them points where it's like I'm not that passionate about it because I I love the elite Do you know what I mean like yeah. again I don't feel like I can lose because I love that the elite have brought us, um, you know, what, what we have today, AEW, and so I went to the first show that AEW had. I know you went to All In, but the official Double or Nothing, and um, it was it was one of the funnest times I've had as a wrestling fan. Like especially when WWE for years at that mm, that might be unfair. What I was about to say, but they've been going through the motions certainly as a TV show for a while. Um, so it was just so refreshing to go to like a different brand like that that had so much energy and just and obviously guys that I wanted. To see succeed. Do you know what I mean? Like Cody Rhodes is someone I was like banging the banging my head for when he was in WWE saying, why is he not doing more? Um so I agree with everything you say, and I also agree with Uptown Avondale, which um, actually is a credit to your point. It I I do believe it credited I, I, I do believe that's twofold that I I think um that pushed them to do it. Like that, that made them look at it more seriously. Um, but at the same time, I think USA were exploring the possibility as well. Um, but to go on this, I, this is a whole different alley that I'm going down here because I know Triple H would like beat me up for even <laughs> thinking this. But like, because w- NXT have always been on Wednesday night. So I get when he says that, but yeah. like to put them in the same time slot and just, you know, cable tech, come on. Um, two weeks
2: before, two weeks before yeah, they, they, exactly. they premiered.
1: I I think um, that you can't really deny that it had something to do with it. Yeah. But please don't hurt me, Triple H. Anyway, um, so for me, the the, the argument I would make for The Shield is when everything you just said about the elite is true. I'm not going to like degrade any of their accomplishments or anything. But you have to remember it's all relative by comparison to what WWE actually is to the industry. And you made the point yourself about Moxley. They've made Jericho their first champion who, okay, not in The Shield, but he came from WWE. So the name power, there's a reason they didn't make one of the elite the champion. And I'm not saying that for any other reason. They went with Jericho for the brand. They went with Moxley straight after that because that is the next best and the hottest star they've got. And why is he the biggest star they've got? Because of what he did in WWE with The Shield. No other reason. And I don't mean, I mean that with all respect to anything Moxley's ever done, but that is the reason because he's come from the shield. So the fact that the elite have to lead their show with a man who actually comes from the shield should tell you all you need to know about how much the shield has made an impression in the business. The, the shield is, you know, maybe a dozen world titles between them headlined the last decade of WrestleMania's. I mean, they debuted in 2012, but you know what I mean? In the, in the last decade They've played a central role, particularly particularly Roman, um, to whether we liked it or not at that point, um, in terms of, of wrestling managers. Yeah, I've always liked Roman, but, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a disclaimer. Um, and I, I feel like when you actually shape the business, whether people like to admit this or not, everything trickles down from WWE. Everything yeah. does. Where, you know, and, and I mean that um, not in terms of quality necessarily. You can make the argument that New Japan, from an artistic um, standpoint, are... You know, that that you could make that argument that's the leader in the world in terms of the the actual wrestling or the work that's going on there um i I, I do think you know I'm seeing arguments in the comments now that you know or, you know elite didn't make themselves champions for our very... they could have made themselves by champions by now is the point. The reason that they've built their cornerstones and they've given long reigns to guys like moxley for that is that reason he, 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 it's not like that if the, even if they had no say in it right? you'd still would have led with your strongest foot and Jericho probably yeah. would have been your first. I think most of us thought that when Jericho was the first one, like, fair enough. Um, so for, for me, I feel like, because everything trickles down from WWE, the shield have kind of shaped what the top of that looks like. And then even as you see Moxley turning up into um, and leading AEW and a lot of WWE talent that of course is now in AEW too, you can see how influential they are on the business almost by proxy because of where they are, but that's not to take away from, you know, because let's let's be honest, all of Rollins, Moxley and Reigns are ultra talented. So, again, I think this is a case of the way we phrase the debate, because you could argue that the elite have accomplished more in wrestling. Because I think what they've done is a huge, it's massive, like you just said, to become the second um, point of the wrestling business in not just North America, probably the world at this point. AW, yeah. you could argue as a number two promotion and i think for wwe where they are and what the shield has made them over the past 10 years that that has factored a lot of what we've got and where we are now you know and when i you know when i say wwe people in in, in um AEW, i guess a lot of what i'm trying to say is that the shield though has been what has kept the wwe up so for me uh, um I think when you start most influential, just by the virtue of how many eyes and the influence it has on the business because of how big the platform is, you could argue that it is The Shield and they've done it for a longevity of time that gives them that credit. But to me, the elite have accomplished more because for what they have done in the business, no one else was able to do for an extended period of time. I realize that I've rambled there and not actually articulated what I wanted to say very much because there's a lot of thoughts in my head. But I, that's what I'm going to circle at, that I think one of them has accomplished more, but one of them is more influential by by virtue that their platform is, is bigger and they have made the most of that using their talents.
2: Yeah, I, I, I actually would say it's, It's reversed. I say The Shield have accomplished more because they are in the biggest promotion in professional wrestling. Main eventing WrestleMania is probably bigger than any of the accomplishments. You know, main eventing the Tokyo Dome in New Japan, that's bigger to main event WrestleMania because it's the biggest wrestling show of the year every single year. And being the WWE champion is considered the apex of anybody's professional wrestling career. Even for somebody like AJ Styles, who has won the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, just like Kenny Omega, he says the biggest accomplishment of his career is winning the WWE Championship. So I say The Shield has accomplished more. But when it comes to being influential, being impactful on the entire professional wrestling business, it's the elite.
1: This is, again, where we're at, though, because we say the entire wrestling business. Below WWE, right, all of the wrestling promotions combined in terms of, like, the platform and the viewers, maybe on a TV basis, but, you know, what I'm trying to say here, buy rates and things of that nature, the distance is actually very, very far. I know that yeah. we see AEW like touching a million on a Wednesday, but WWE weekly, when you put their shows together, is, what, five or six million? Oh, so, you know, it, it, there's a lot to, to factor in there. Um, and in terms of where they touch around the globe, the TV deals, where they've got them. So I think um, it's when I, uh, yeah again, they could have made themselves their champions, right? In their own promotion. But there's, a I still think you can't tell me that when that promotion started, the biggest names in there weren't Moxley. You put them right next to them. No, no, yeah. He still was, again, for the reasons that I just discussed. So I think... um I think it's an interesting one. I actually do in terms of what we just said, like in in how you perceive their roles. Cause I think the elite and partnering up with Tony Khan, of course, you know, let's, let's um, give Tony Khan his due. Cause without, without him, they can't do what they have done to a degree in making a show is what I'm saying. Um, But even still before then in different promotions, they touched it. I guess I'm, I just think the shield have set the bar where in the, in the highest promotion and thus far that has kind of trickled down. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to say that, what are we are going to say? That the elite have achieved more.
2: Yeah. It, it, whichever way you, 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 you go, yeah. I, I go with the, the shield has accomplished more. Cause don't get me wrong. I'm a big, shield fan that that was the greatest thing that's happened to wwe in the past decade i've been a seth rollins fan since before in his time in ring of honor i've been a fan of john moxley from his time in ccw and since roman has come into the wwe he's been one of my favorite guys period even the times when people hated his guts i remember being in florida the night after uh he defeated the undertaker everybody's saying delete i was saying select i select roman Reigns, <laughs> not delete yeah. roman reigns i select roman Raids, and he cut one of the best five word promos that I've ever seen. I was there as well, man. I, I loved every minute of it. And I love the fact that Roman was such a lightning rod. I think that he, he elevated that lightning rod type of uh, reaction that John Cena got. And it was just another level of, of negativity. <laughs> When it comes to that, I think that it was much more balanced with John Cena in comparison to how it was with Roman Reigns, and I just enjoyed that type of reaction to somebody. And I I love what The Shield has accomplished in WWE, but the fact that the Elite have impacted WWE and the way they... Now talk to their talent, and now are signing talent to different deals to avoid them even talking to uh, AEW. Randy Orton teasing that he was he was looking at the elite sign so he could get a bigger deal in WWE. It's impacted some of the biggest stars in WWE, so that's why I think that she the elite are more influential.
1: But again, with your point, I I feel like Tony Khan plays a lot a bigger role than maybe the elite because you're talking money now. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know. I, I don't think that's strictly where we are in the debate. Um, but I'm very, you know, I'm I'm as I said, I love the elite and I love what they've done for the business. So I'm happy to concede that they've done tremendous things in the business and have had a hell of an influence. Um, I, I just think that you can't make out that WWE haven't influenced them too because um, yeah. they influence everything around the world that we see. And um, whether, you know, whether we like to admit it or not, it, it kind of, they, they do in terms of what trickles out, where the stars go, um, what you see in WWE, what ends up popping else, elsewhere. But I just think the Elite, um, as someone actually said in the comments, they said it perfectly, from a YouTube show essentially to where they are now is pretty amazing. So um, hats off to them. Hats off to both of them, really. As I said, can't be any real losers there, but um, I, will, I will shade it with the Elite just because I feel it's almost more impressive Again, I, I'm not sure where I want to say influence or achieve more. That, that's where I'm a bit divided on who's yeah. who, on who's who. But I I do think um, what the elite has managed to do from you know even if you take Tony Khan out of the equation, I I do think they've managed to do tremendous things
2: absolutely i think you can't go wrong either way i know the comment section is probably split right now with shield and the elite so either way you go you can't go wrong and please bring in more super chats because we got this whole debate from you guys in your super chats with asking that question so bring them on i love the super chats
1: yeah the super chats are the best man Let me. We actually have a hot take in the chamber, SP3, that we should probably get to. And that does remind me, guys, please do get your um, hot takes into myself or Louis that we will play up here on the videos and we will debate at length. Um, and, of course, there is only 10 or so minutes until Quizlemania, So, please, guys, remember, if you need to drink, you need to go to the toilet, or you need to watch us two talk about wrestling, get your stuff in. Be the good egg's. You were born to be. Now, let's get to this hot take from Shaya.
2: Uh, hey, Alex and Louis. Uh, my, my hot take is that Impact Women's Division is better than NXT
1: Women's Division because you, you see at uh, uh, Deanna Preza, Tindall Dash, with Jordan Grace, Dash steals all
2: these women are not getting the time time because they have, they're on access TV rather than the USA Network or TNT. So, that's my hot take.
1: Shaya, coming in with a hot take. Um... I think we've said it before. In fact, I think I said it yesterday, even. Impact's women's division is very, very good. And I do think um, one testament of that is that Gianna Perazzo has come from not being able to get on NXT TV to showing exactly how good she is with Impact and, um, you know, working with some great talent in that division, like we've seen Jordan Grace and, uh, you know, Sue Young now being the champion. Uh, I think a lot of people have stepped on Impact full stop, but their women's division is amazing. Am I prepared to say it's better than NXT's? Now, NXT uh, it is always difficult to judge things like this because it's like a revolving door, right? So, like, six months ago, You'd been saying something a lot different because you had like I don't know the Bianca Belair's of this world and whatever. Um, right now though, Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, um, you know Raquel, Tony Com- Storm. yeah, yeah, Tiny Storm, <laughs> uh, Ember Moon. Like you can't tell me that none of them would go to Impact and like absolutely run that division. And I'm not saying that there's no one in Impact who could come and make a massive impact in NXT, but I, I can't. I have to go with NXT
2: yeah i think they're a close second i think they're a very close second and they don't get enough credit i've been loving the the knockouts tag team division uh kind of shaping and the tournament's going to start next week i was a big proponent of it uh a couple of months ago i was like man they're pairing up all these women like give us the knockouts tag team title so i was very happy that they announced that at bound for glory Uh, Tasha Steeles and Kiara Hogan are very underrated. They make a great team. The whole dynamic between Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie is awesome. You got Havoc. I've I've actually had an interview with Havoc. She's so nice for the monster heel that she she plays on television. She's a nice person outside of it. I don't want to hurt her character. That's, right.
1: often, that's often the case by the way
2: like, <laughs> exactly the, the amount of uh bad people
1: i've met in wrestling who are actually are super nice in, in person like rhea ripley not long after um uh tegan knox who is another amazing talent by the way currently on the sidelines um and she was like playing the super hill but in and in person i was like blown away by how nice she was but anyway
2: Yeah, but they they have a lot of depth. I mean, it is going to hurt that, you know, Kylie Ray is no longer with them, but they have so much talent over there. You know, outside of Diana Peraza, Kimberly was another person that was signed by by NXT, and she's accomplished so much pairing up with Deanna Paraza and just recently signed with Impact Wrestling. So I do agree that Impact is in the running. It's in the top two of the best women's divisions in all of professional wrestling. Well, at least North America, because we don't count stardom. Stardom is a whole nother beast within itself. <laughs> Yuka you Sakasaki is the best thing. <laughs> yeah, go on. But uh, I, I agree with Alex. Io Shirai, in my opinion, is the best woman's wrestler in the world. And she's the champion of NXT. And then they're deaf like Dakota kai all these different women and then the women that are on the come up like raquel gonzalez she sold so much in that match against rhea ripley on halloween havoc that she has potential and now she's being talked about you know the rumor mill is talking about her getting a big push when she goes to the main roster so they have so much talent so much depth and so many ladies that are not even on television yet in nxt so nxt has it by a country mile even more than raw and smackdown and then you know they blow AEW's women's division out the water. Don't get me started on that. But <laughs> but NXT is number one and Impact is number two.
1: I think so um, too. You know Mercedes Martinez looks like she's heading back to NXT after turning down smartly a retribution spot. Uh, Mia Yim only just left there. Um, you know uh, who is the uh, Casey Catanzaro as well is someone who's got an amazing amount of talent. I feel like you know NXT. You, you talk about deep like they are. Deep with talent there um but yeah impact i think they're right there like you know it's not it's not like nxt blowing everyone out of the water i honestly do think that it's kind of like um just in nxt's favor though and for speaking, me
2: speaking of impact Will we see the Rascals tonight on AEW? Maybe that's one of the, the surprises. Because if you if you watch Impact Wrestling last night, the rat the big the big news coming out of it is the Rascals are leaving Impact Wrestling. They they've been evicted from their treehouse poor treehouse. They, <laughs> the good times they had there, and they've been evicted. So maybe that's one of the surprises. I don't see that shifting the balance of power, but I think that would be a cool surprise on AEW.
1: Now, uh, Bo Hill chimes in to, to um, talk to me about my statement during our debate. Not five or six million viewers for WWE. You have to count repeat viewers for shows. Guesstimate max of four million over three shows. Bo, you are technically probably correct, but the reason I say five or six million total is because that is what advertisers would count it as, right? Yeah. It, it depends who tunes into the show. So SmackDown does just north of two million. Raw does just south of two million. And NXT does what? uh on an usual week we're going to say 650 700k maybe yeah. so give or take it's probably 5 million ish i would say and that's what advertisers would look at and uh, you know we're not going to get into demos and how all that works for those of you that are bored stiff by that anyway um but repeat viewers would count is my point so a total in a week that's how i came to that conclusion my friend um as we move towards the stretch here. What are you looking forward to this week, SP3? What storylines moving along have really got your attention?
2: Um, Well, with, AEW I want to see how they they follow up from that great tag team matchup with the Young Bucks and FTR are we going to get another match who are going to be the new contenders for the Young Bucks because I I feel like they're going to have plenty of great matches to defend uh the tag team titles with that deep tag team division in AEW I really want to see what they're going to do to follow up Eddie Kingston Eddie Kingston had had some fire promos leading up to full gear and on BTE he had a great promo which kind of turned him babyface in in my eyes so are we gonna see that translate to television on aew because they have a hot commodity in eddie kingston and i want to see if they can follow up with that over on nxt i'm ready to see what type of goober uh, Johnny Gargano pulls out of the, the the barrel to successfully defend his title for the very first time. Because <laughs> I, I I love that that's never been talked about. They always talk about Sasha only defending, you know, never being able to defend her titles. But they never talked about it with Johnny. And that finally has become a uh, storyline. And he's one of the funniest characters. I know we talked about it in our early episodes, how we weren't too sure with him as a heel. But he's really developed his comedic timing as a heel. And I'm ready to see what he does tonight.
1: Yes, I agree, Uh, read Johnny Gargano. The Gargano way for me was a bit like awkward at at the start. I I think they were finding their feet a little bit, but um, it has grown on me. And, yeah, in in terms of the Wednesday nights, um, I'll be very open. My two favourite shows right now by a distance are SmackDown and AEW. That's my two favourite shows of the week. Um, And this is someone who, I don't know, a year, 18 months ago, I would have said NXT was easily my favorite show of all. Um, so I just feel that NXT will always have these ebbs and flows because, like I said, it's like a revolving door. Some people would go up, go down. They've had a lot of injuries this year as well. So it's, um, it's a tough one for them. But I do feel like it's only like a matter of time for NXT always becomes good because that's just kind of the way it works. You have to think about the you – know, they have eras of talent like every year. There's like a different turnover, so that's what makes them different to every single promotion out there, in my opinion. Um, but I'm very interested to see, like I said earlier, Hangman Page, Omega, where they're going with that, because the being the elite stuff with Page was very interesting, him meandering the corridors and just being like, oh, and then like the Dark Order stuff. So um, yeah, I do I do think they're heading in the right direction, man. And um, I, I I I don't think it gets said enough because I think it's become popular in years. To just be like, you know, WWE, there. But um, SmackDown is on a roll at the moment. Raw is not. <laughs> Raw feels like a long show. Do you know what I mean? Like okay. the, the three hours really feel like three hours, even though there's little bits within that that I like, like you know, Drew or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. For me, it's um, it's always a difficult one with them. But SmackDown firing. You got Sasha and Bailey top of their games. Roman and Jay, who I will say The Undertaker said is his favourite story in wrestling right now. Um, so
2: Big praise.
1: That is, and I will be bringing you more from the Dead Man um, in a couple of weeks on the 20th. I will drop that, and of course, it will be on my radio show on TalkSport 2. We're not going to outstay our welcome now, though, SB3, because Quizlemania, the 6th hack challenge, is rapidly approaching. Who's going to win, SB3?
2: Queen of the Ring for the W. Two-time.
1: I'm, I'm going to... Th- Pray for Tempest coming out of his closet, um, proverbially, that uh, he's going to win that. Uh, he, the, the kid deserves it. He doesn't want to go back to being the fact-checker. He wants the limelight, damn it. So once again, thank you much, so much, guys, for joining us this uh, in this episode, this Wednesday with SP3. Um, that he, He'll be here every single Wednesday, killing my ass in debates, apparently. And um, you, know, you can catch his YouTube channel as well, man, which really does have a great array of talent, great characters on that show. Chrissy G, Chrissy Thank Love, you. all of the good characters, man. So please make sure you step by with him. Uh, and on that note, you can catch up with us on some podcasts. And thanks again for your super chats. Glad we got through them all. Join us again tomorrow. I'll be back with the hot take queen herself, Stephanie Chase.
0: That's Nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's K-N-I-X.com.
1: ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.